If you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. We don't want that. Amen? For not, Notice verse 16. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. That's why we have to guard against envy and strife in our lives and especially in the church and in the body of Christ. Because where envy and strife exists, self-seeking exists, there's confusion. And who knows, who's the author of confusion? It's not God, right? Isn't that what the Bible said? That God is not the author of confusion. So if God's not the author of the confusion, then, you know, who is? All right? And so uh, there's confusion in every evil thing there. Verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above, this is what we want. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So we can kind of gauge ourselves here by this 17th verse when he gives those characteristics of the wisdom that is from above because it tells us what the characteristics are of godly wisdom. So let's look at these verses tonight and um, see what James has to say here this evening. He says in verse 13, to begin with, he asks the question. James begins by asking here a question, begins this section by asking a question. Now, James, as we know, had been dealing with teachers, those who teach in James, in that first verse, he talked to teachers about... um, about uh, receiving a stricter judgment. And so, you know, then he went along there with, the, with his teaching and his discourse on the tongue, which we covered, the mouth, our words, the tongue, our speech, and we covered that. So he was, he was addressing that to teachers, preachers, ministers, but also to all believers because it's not just the preacher. Yeah, we got to watch what we say, but that's not just for us. I think that's for all of us. Don't you agree with that? Amen. So, but then, then he, he, he gives that discourse on the tongue. And in verse 13, he, he asks the question, who is wise and understanding among you? So James is asking the, the congregation he's writing to, who among you are wise? Now, if I was to ask that question tonight, how many wise people do we have here? Hopefully that we would all be able to raise our hand and say, me, pastor, I'm, I'm wise. <laughs> and, uh, but notice James, listen, James didn't ask how many rich folks we got. He didn't ask how many popular people do we have. He didn't say, how many educated people do we have? And those things are all fine and good in their place. But James was wanting to know how many wise are there among you? And then he he follows that up by saying this. If you're wise, then he says, show me how wise you are. In other words, I don't want to just hear what you have to say about your wisdom. I want to see. I want it to be displayed. So James was kindly, I don't know, James might have been a Missourian. Amen? Because James, James wasn't looking for and asking about a say-so salvation or a say-so wisdom, but James wanted to, uh, he wanted a show-so salvation and a show, he was a, you know, the show, he was like, you know, you got to show me. If you've got the wisdom of God and operating in the wisdom of God, then he says, show me that, show me that you have have wisdom. Demonstrate that you have wisdom. Demonstrate. And, and, and that's what we need. You know, we talked about that in James chapter 2 about, um, uh, about faith and works. Proper faith in Christ and His finished work. Amen. A proper faith placed in Christ 
maintained in Christ, kept in Christ, will produce proper works in an individual's life. Amen? And so if a person, if an individual is not, you know, we can say that we're saved and we can say that we believe in the Lord and that we're Christians, but it's, you know, if we truly are, there will be a demonstration of that faith that will come out in our life. We're not, we're not saved by works, but, uh, but by faith, by grace through faith. But the faith that saves us will produce good works in our life. Isn't that right? There's a change that takes place in that person's life. And so James said, well, if you've got true wisdom, he said, I want to see that. Let him show, in verse 13, let him show. If you have wisdom, who's got wisdom, who's wise and understanding among you, let him show, notice this, by good conduct that his works are done in meekness and wisdom. Now, now, so, so with true heavenly wisdom from God, which I believe, and, and we'll talk about what wisdom is, but, but true wisdom that comes from above, that comes from God, comes through the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. If you've got a Bible tonight, you're holding in your hand or in your lap the wisdom of God. Proverbs is the wisdom book. And um, you need, we all need to read um, frequently from the book of Proverbs because Proverbs is the wisdom book. And I think when we began this, this teaching uh, from the book of James, I said that James and many commentaries and Bible teachers say that James is the, the Proverbs, the book of Proverbs of the New Testament because he talks about wisdom. He gives practical, he talks about practical things and living for God. And, and so, um, so James here is, is giving a, and putting a great value on wisdom because he says if you are operating in godly wisdom, then you're going to show that wisdom by good conduct, that, that your works are done in meekness of wisdom. So how many believe that Christians should, should have a good conduct, have a good behavior? How many believe Christians, saved people, ought to behave right, should live right? Amen? And so, you know, I mean, uh, to, for, for a person to say, I'm saved, I love Jesus, I'm born again, and, uh, you know, then not to have that proper conduct or live right is, 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 is an oxymoron. You, you can't, you can't be saved and not show it by a good conduct, all right? Amen. Doesn't mean we're perfect. Doesn't mean we're sinless. But, but, but the Lord changes our conduct and our lifestyle when we get born again, when we get saved, when we become, when we're placed in Jesus Christ. So James here is giving the value of wisdom and he places great value on wisdom. And if you'll notice, he doesn't say here, as I said, who are rich or ed educated among you, who are ambitious among you, but he says, who among you are wise? And he puts a very great premium on the wisdom that comes from heaven. And uh, I want us to go to the book of Proverbs. I'm going to read some scriptures from the book of Proverbs because it is the wisdom book. And uh, we find out that, that Solomon, Solomon, King Solomon, y'all remember him, he was the, other than the Lord Jesus Christ, Solomon was the wisest man ever to live he possessed a wisdom that was, where did he get it from? From God. It came from above. God gave him wisdom. And he was wiser than, any, than anyone, than any person uh, on the face of the earth then or even up until now, other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, oh, um, Solomon wrote these Proverbs, most of the Proverbs, many of them, and uh, he stresses the fact of, of wisdom. And notice, if, if you will, in Proverbs chapter 3, if you have your Bible and want to go there to Proverbs chapter 3, they'll be putting it up on the screen. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 13, he talks here about wisdom, and he tells us here something about wisdom, that wisdom is greater than money. Oh, come on, somebody. 
Now somebody, I, I've done lost something, not nobody here, but some that are watching online, I already lost them. They probably just went off right then. When I said wisdom from God is greater than money because some people feel like that money is the, is the solve every problem thing. The more money I can get, the more wealth I can accumulate, the more stuff I can have, the better things are. And there's even been preachers that preach the more money you had and the more stuff you had and the more financial prosperity and the bigger your bank account is, that that proves that you have more faith and that you love God more, but the Bible just does not teach anything like that. Come on, somebody. But in Proverbs chapter 3, he tells us here that, that, that wisdom is greater than riches, greater than monetary power. He says this, Happy is the man, Proverbs 3.13, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Notice this, For her proceeds, the proceeds of wisdom and understanding, are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She, wisdom, godly wisdom, wisdom from above, is more precious than rubies. How many of y'all would like to have a big fat ruby? Well, yeah, my wife ain't man that right off. But here he's telling us, <laughs> he's telling us something that's more precious than a ruby, or let me throw this in, or an emerald, or a diamond, or anything else. There's something that's more precious than that. He said that she, wisdom, is more precious than rubies, and all the things, notice this, all the things you may desire cannot compare to her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand, riches and honor. Well, now there's your riches and honor, that if you seek after godly wisdom and live your life by the godly wisdom of God, the Lord's going to provide for you. Amen. I'm telling you what, you may not have, the, you may not be live in a mansion or be wealthy, but I'm telling you what, God will see to it that you're rich spiritually and in every area of your life, there's riches and honor. Notice length of days is in wisdom's right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor and her ways are the ways of pleasantness and her paths are the paths of peace. Amen. That, that, that tells me right there that man I, that's something I want. I want all those things. Well how do I attain those things? Not by seeking after those things but by seeking after godly wisdom and getting the wisdom of God that comes from above, hallelujah, then God will add all those other things to us. Not just again, not just saying I have wisdom, but, but showing that wisdom, that godly biblical wisdom with good conduct. So wisdom is, is, is greater than monetary um, wealth or riches. And so we need to seek that wisdom with a greater intensity than we would seek money. And that's the problem in the world today is that the majority of people are seeking after stuff. And I'm going to tell you something. I think we've saw in the last few weeks how quickly money can vanish. I think the, uh, I think the, uh, the psalmist said that, that, riches, that, that, that riches like a bird can take wings and fly away. It's like one fellow said one time, yeah, money talks. Mine's always telling me goodbye. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. And, and you know, and I've said this before, God, God's not opposed to His people having money. We have to have money to, to, to live and to function and to operate. C.M. Ward said that the gospel can, can, go nor far, can only go as far as the dollar bill will carry it, and that is true. The gospel has to, the church has to have money to exist. The gospel has to have finances and money to, to be spread. And God's not opposed to you having, having money, um, but He is opposed to us being covetous. 
He is opposed to us, seeking after that more than anything else. And so he says here that if we'll seek after the wisdom of God, that, that those other things will add, be added to us. And Jesus said that in Matthew chapter 6. He said, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these other things will be added to you. We shouldn't have to worry. And Jesus said that in Matthew 6. You don't have to worry about what you're going to eat. You don't have to worry about what you're going to drink. You don't have to worry about your clothes or anything else, the necessities of life. If you put God first in your life and seek Him and the wisdom that comes from above, God is going to take care of your life. Can I get an amen tonight? Oh, hallelujah. So wisdom is greater than, than wealth and riches. But, but Solomon also said this about wisdom. In the book of Ecclesiastes, if you're there in Proverbs, you've turned um, to the book of Ecclesiastes and a couple of books over, and, and Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes as well. And, and listen to this. He tells us here in chapter 9 and verse 18, wisdom, notice this, wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. What does that tell us? That tells us that godly wisdom is greater, even greater than military power and military might. What we need, help me Jesus, what we need in Washington, D.C., what we need in the Pentagon, what we need in, on Capitol Hill, what we need in the White House, in Washington, are men and women that are wise and who walk in the ways of the Lord. Oh, praise God. Oh, man. How many agree with that? We need leaders that will walk, that are wise, not with this wisdom that James talks about that's earthly. I'm telling you, the wisdom that we see um, politically today that's being demonstrated is more or less the wisdom that James is dealing with and talking about here that is earthly and sensual and demonic because there is confusion and there's envy and there's strife and there's every evil work. So that tells you that the wisdom that most of our leaders are demonstrating is not godly wisdom. What we need are leaders that have the wisdom of the Lord. Amen. That's, be that's the best thing they can have. Amen. We need leaders today in our nation that will get on their knees and pray to God and uh, seek the Lord for His direction and His guidance. Instead of doing their own agenda, get the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know people say, boy, preacher, you're asking, you're asking for a big ticket right there for our leaders and for our politicians. Who ever heard of a politician that would pray? I mean, my goodness. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but that's, that's what we need today. Are you listening to me? We can build up our military. We can do all of these things. And all of that's fine and dandy. But wisdom, Solomon said, is better than the weapons of war. I, I want you to know something today that I pray for, for, for my president every day. I pray for our nation every day. And we are, you are commanded. Listen, it doesn't matter where, you're, where you stand. Doesn't matter to me. To, well, it does. But where you stand politically tonight, my point is this. You are, if you're saved, if you're a Christian tonight, then you are commanded by the Word of God to pray for your government, to pray for your president, to pray for those who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. God wants us to have good government and if we're going to have good government in any shape or form, the church needs to get on their knees and begin to pray that God would move in the lives of our, of our leaders. Amen. I pray, for our, I pray for President Trump every day because he needs wisdom from God. 
He needs guidance from the Holy Spirit. He needs the Lord to guide him. And the Lord has placed him in that, in that position that he's in uh, as, as our president, and he needs that wisdom for, for, from the Lord. You know, Solomon, that was the thing of Solomon. When God, when God put Solomon in that position as king over Israel, and God appeared to Solomon. Man, I tell you, I love that story, and you all know it. God appeared to Solomon. Solomon and said to Solomon, what do you want? I'll give you whatever you want. Now, you know, God can't do that to a lot of us, could he? But he appeared to Solomon. He said, whatever you want, I'll give you whatever you want. And Solomon, you know what he prayed for. He said, he said Lord God, you've, you have made me king over a people that is like the dust of the earth and multitude. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge? this great people of yours. Then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, but you have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge is granted to you. And I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had who were before you or shall any after you have the like. Oh my, listen to me, my prayer. God, we need God to give us, give us some leaders who will, who will say that very thing and pray that very thing that Solomon prayed that will say, God, I can't lead without you. I need, it, it takes some humility to do that. And maybe we need to be praying for some humility in our, in our, in our, in our leadership, amen? That they would seek the Lord for God to give them His wisdom that they would say we're not able to lead without your wisdom. I believe that, the, that, that we, we have a president today that wants to do the right thing, and I believe that our president is surrounded by people who are smart but not necessarily wise. And there's a difference in being smart and being wise. And we need to ask the Lord to surround him with people that are wise, that will give good counsel, that will give him good direction, that will give him good advice, amen. Surround him with wise individuals, with wise counsel, with wisdom from God, amen. That they would pray, that they would be people surrounding our president who know the word of God, who know the Bible, amen. Who know how to hear from God. Surround him and then pray. Listen, listen. I'm not being, I'm not, this isn't political at all. This is biblical. All right? And pray that our president would have the wisdom and the discernment to know the right and the wrong advice and counsel that he gets from individuals. Amen. God, give him discernment to know the right. Yeah, the Holy Spirit. Listen, well, somebody said, well, I, you know, I, I don't think he's a Christian. I don't think he's born again. I don't think he's saved. Listen, listen, God, the Bible says, Solomon said it in Proverbs 21, verse 1, that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And as the mighty river, so God will turn it the way he wants it to go. But he's looking for some churches and some people, God is, that will pray for their leaders and pray for our president and hold them up in prayer that we can have some good government. That they'll make the right decisions. Well, what if we pray and they make the wrong decisions? Keep praying. You ain't praying hard enough. Praise God. But Solomon said that wisdom is so important. In Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 8, Solomon said that wisdom is the, is the principal thing. And that's basically what James is saying in James chapter 3 there. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5. Here's, here, here's what Solomon said here. Here was the man who had gotten wisdom from God. And he says this, Get wisdom. Get understanding. 
Do not forget or turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, which is wisdom, and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all your getting, get understanding. He's making that a priority, isn't he? With all of your getting, get wisdom. Get understanding. Get, obtain the knowledge that you need from the Lord. But above everything, get wisdom. See, that is so important. Wisdom is the most important thing that a leader can have, a pastor can have. Wisdom is the most important thing. Somebody said, well, our, our pastor needs to have a great knowledge of the Word of God. Well, absolutely. Every preacher, every pastor, every teacher must have a great knowledge of the Word of God. But all the knowledge of the Word of God will do no good if they're not operating in God's wisdom. Because wisdom, listen, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, 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 but it's so important for, for you as a, as a believer. It's, wisdom's not something just for leaders of our nation or leaders of uh, spiritual leaders of our church or Sunday school teachers. Every one of us needs that wisdom, but it's for every believer tonight. We need to be operating and, and have the wisdom of God in our life. You can have God's wisdom. How many believe that tonight? You can have God's wisdom. See, it goes together. Knowledge and wisdom kindly dovetail and they go together. And, uh, but knowledge in itself will fail if it's not linked to wisdom. Because here's what wisdom does. Wisdom, you know, knowledge is knowing stuff. And, and there's one place, I believe it was the Apostle Paul says, that knowledge puffs up. So you can get a whole lot of knowledge and be so proud that you got all that knowledge and get puffed up. And, and Paul said, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. So just a whole lot of knowing stuff. Have you ever been around, have you ever known anybody that knew everything? That was a know-it-all. You ever know, you ever been around anybody like that? I worked with a guy like that one time. He had been everywhere. He had done everything. I, though any subject you'd bring up, he knew more about it than you did. He was just a, he was, he was a know-it-all. He had a lot of knowledge, but he didn't have a lot of wisdom. But So those two dovetail together. They have to go together. And knowledge will always fail if it isn't linked to wisdom. Wisdom, here's what wisdom is. Wisdom gives the ability to proper, properly apply the knowledge that you have. I'm going to say that again. Because that's what wisdom is. Wisdom gives you the ability to properly apply the knowledge that you have. So all the knowledge in the world is going to be of little value if you don't know how to rightly use the knowledge that you have. See, listen, knowledge is learned. Wisdom is given. Knowledge you obtain through learning. You get knowledge and know stuff by studying. That's why we go to school. To learn stuff, right? That's why we study the Bible, is to learn stuff. So, so we get knowledge by studying. Um, as, a, as, a, as a preacher, as a, starting out, you know, as a, as a, um, as a young man preaching, uh, after I got saved and felt the call to preach, and my pastor told me, he said, now listen, you need to study. You need to get in the Word. Because there are some people that think, well, I'm called to preach. I got the Holy Ghost. All I've got to do, and, I've, and I've, I've heard some preachers say this, I just get up and I open my mouth and God will fill it. And if you've got that kind of an if preachers that have that kind of an attitude, usually God, yeah, they, they feel it already. They fill it, with their, they fill it with their foot most of the time. But, you know, God expects us to study. Paul told Timothy to study, hear this young preacher, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 
So we obtain knowledge by studying. Whatever area you're studying, you gain knowledge by studying. And, and I hopefully it's the Word of God is one of the main things that, that one of the main things that you're spending time studying. You need to read and study and meditate in the Bible every single day. There's not my dad told me one time, and he wasn't down on education, but he told me this one time. He said, Ricky, he said, the, the greatest, the best education that you can ever have have is to have a Bible education to know the Word of God. And that was good advice. And I found that to be true because if you've got knowledge of this Word and then you have wisdom from God how to live it and how to apply it to your life and how, to, how, to, how, to, how it works in your life, I'm telling you, you are a blessed person, a blessed individual tonight. Amen. I'm about to get happy here in this Wednesday night service tonight. So, knowledge, again, is something that you learn. It's what you learn. It's what you, you, you get in your head. Wisdom, it comes, knowledge comes by studying. Wisdom comes through how? How? how does, if, you, if you study to get knowledge, how do you get wisdom? You pray for it. You ask God for it. That's what James said in, in, in James 1.5. If any man or woman lack wisdom, do what? Let him ask of God and it will be given him. And God will give you that wisdom. Amen? See, knowledge is obtained by looking around. Wisdom is gotten from God by looking up. God's the one who gives wisdom. And so knowledge comes from the Word, wisdom to apply the Word. This is a book of God's wisdom. So as you're getting knowledge of the Word, asking God, meditating on the Word, praying to the Lord, amen, um, then God will give you the wisdom that you need for your life. So you study for knowledge, you ask for wisdom. You know, it's like a student. You know, Miss Katie, she's going to nursing school. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like a student in high school or college or any place else. Um, what, if, what if this student's a Christian and uh, they've got a big exam coming up and uh, they say, well, you know, I'm just going to trust God. And uh, I'm not, I don't really need to study. I'm just going to believe God, you know, for the knowledge that I need to pass that examination. God will give me that knowledge, you know. I've gotta, I'm going to take this test and just believe God and ask God to give me the knowledge that I need. Well, how many knows that you're probably going to fail that test? Amen? But here's the difference, because here's the difference. Here's the difference. God didn't say, ask me for knowledge. He said, you get knowledge, but then you ask me for wisdom. So it'd be a different thing. You go to those classes, you go to those lectures, you take those online courses, you study those textbooks, you, you, you prepare yourself, and you ask God to help you as you're obtaining the knowledge that you need. And then when you go to take the exam, you say, Lord, I've, I've done my part. I'm asking you to give me wisdom to help me to rightly apply the knowledge and bring to my mind and bring to my... You know what? God will do that. Hallelujah. God, I said God will do that. Amen. If you ask Him for wisdom, He will give it to you. And wisdom begins. Where does it start? Where does wisdom start? I'm trying to hurry. Where does it commence? Wisdom commences the moment, glory to God, that you give your heart and life to Jesus. That's the, that's the wisest decision that anybody will ever make is to get saved, to get born again. Because the Bible says, Psalm 111 says that, that the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. Hallelujah. That's where you really step into that wisdom that's from above. That's where you really start. Step in when you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. 
Wisdom is more important than a good paying job. Wisdom is, and I'm not demeaning any of these things, but wisdom, godly wisdom is more important than a big bank account or a high position in a company. Wisdom is the principal thing that comes from God. It's the proper understanding and application of the Word of God and the knowledge of God in your life. It's not just knowing, it's not just knowing something, but it's God giving you the wisdom to know what to do and how to do what you need to do. We all need that wisdom and God's promised it for us and to us. Woo, hallelujah, amen, amen. James gives the virtues of wisdom there. He says, let him show by a good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. So in other words, one of the virtues of wisdom is what? Good behavior, good conduct, we mentioned that. Another one is a meek and a gentle spirit. He mentions the meekness of wisdom there in verse 13. So he's saying that those who have that wisdom from above, those believers that are operating in the wisdom of God will live a good life, will have good conduct, they will, they will show that wisdom, they will show that wisdom in a good Christian life. It'll be, they'll, be, they'll have meekness and gentleness. You know, meekness, we, we, we talked a little bit about that a few weeks back, about um, receiving with meekness the engrafted word. And one of the, one of the definitions of meekness is humility. It's a resignation. It's a submission to the divine will of God without murmuring. I kind of like that, um, that definition. It's a submission to the divine will of God without murmuring. Meekness is just a submission to God. That's why he said, uh, receive the engrafted word of God with meekness. What does that mean? Well, when the word is preached or when you're studying the word and God speaks to you and shows you things out of that mirror, remember the mirror of the word, that you're a meek spirit is a spirit of humility, a spirit of submission that will yield to whatever the will of God is for your life. We can't be resisting the will of God and pushing against the will of God and having our, wanting our own way and our own will. That's not the wisdom of God. Amen? So there's meekness and there's gentle, a gentle spirit. Amen? That, that those who possess godly wisdom have. Now let me close out with this. In verses 14 and 15, he talks about, James gives a, a contrast between devilish wisdom, which is earthly, and divine wisdom. And there are, they are different. Verse 14, he says, But if you have bitter in envying and strife or self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. For this wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly, sensual, and demonic. Notice that, that anything that, is, that, 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 that sparks envy and strife from a person's life is not the wisdom of God. He said that's earthly, sensual, and demonic. Devilish wisdom is revealed. Are you listening? Devilish wisdom is revealed. Earthly, demonic wisdom is revealed in bitter envy and strife in people's lives. Jealousy and selfish ambition and self-seeking. See, if we have those things in our heart and we're operating in that, that's not a wise person that has the wisdom from above. See, there were those James was writing to here in this, in this early church, in this, uh, among these Christians that he was writing to that, that were, were, were wanting to fight to be first. They wanted their way and will above everything else and everybody else. Thank God we don't have anybody like that here. Got quiet all of a sudden, amen. I've seen that in churches though. Has anybody else? Those that would try to be the head and want to be the leader, fighting and boasting about their wisdom and how they deserve the top positions. And I, I, remember, I remember reading in the Bible about a group of people. Remember, remember that group of people? Was it, Nate, uh, was it uh, 
I forget their names, but the, that group of people, uh, Korah and Dathan, wasn't it? That, that, that got, a, got a group together and said, you know what? God can speak to us just like he can Moses and Aaron. I think we ought to have that p- position. I think we'll just take over. Anybody, how many is with me? And 200 people, fought, 250 people followed them and, and they came before Moses and said, we, God's spoken by us too. He's not just speaking to you. We're taking this thing over. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But you remember, you remember, remember what happened? God showed his displeasure in that when God, Moses told him said, who's ever on the Lord's side better come over here because it's getting ready to, you're getting ready to see something you ain't seen before and all of a sudden the earth opened up and Dathan uh, our, our, uh, our, uh, what was it, Dathan and Korah and Dathan uh, they, they fell alive into the pit and those 250 with them their families with them see, see what was, what was, it's a good, I said this before. It's a good thing. God don't do that like that today. There'd be holes all over the place. Amen. Amen. But God was showing his displeasure. See, see, that was, listen, that was the very thing. That's why he said that wisdom that operates that way is demonic because that's the very thing that Satan did or Lucifer as he was known then when he was the anointed cherub when he was the angel that led the worship uh, the, the worship in heaven and he was anointed cherub of God and he was filled with wisdom he had all wisdom and the Bible says in Isaiah, in Isaiah or Ezekiel that his wisdom in his fall the wisdom of Satan was corrupted thy wisdom was corrupted he Lucifer had the wisdom of God but when he decided to ascend up and say I'm going to take the throne I deserve to be in the place of God I can rule better than God can that's that demonic that demonic wisdom that says I'm going to have my way when you read that in in, in Isaiah and, and I forget how many times but if you read Isaiah chapter 14 amen this week uh, the, the number of times that Lucifer said I will I will I will I will I will That was five, and it might have been five in there. I'd have to go back and count, but, because none of this is in my notes tonight, so. But that's, that's that, that wisdom that is, that is earthly and sensual and demonic that wants to have the lead. See, it doesn't matter how talented we are, how much Bible we claim to know, or how much scripture we can quote. If we have envy and strife in our hearts against other people, it doesn't come from God. That's not the wisdom from God. It's not the wisdom that comes from above. It's earthly. Earthly. We see a lot, of earthly, a lot of earthly wisdom being demonstrated within the modern church today. What do you mean, pastor? What do you mean earthly wisdom that's being worked and demonstrated in the church? Well, when churches use Madison Avenue marketing techniques to build a church and psychology and those other things to, 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 to try to market the gospel and sell the gospel. They've departed from the wisdom of God and they're now involved in earthly wisdom. There's a fine line here. People need to understand that today. Amen? That's earthly wisdom. That's strategies that they're using of the earth, of the world. The Bible says that the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of man that's out here. Paul said to that Corinthian church, he said, I didn't come to you speaking with great eloquent words of man's wisdom, but I came, come on somebody, I came in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit that your wisdom, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, which is earthly, but it should stand in the power of God which is heavenly. Amen. 
So we have to be very careful as a church not to get involved with earthly wisdom, worldly wisdom. That's not, that, that kind of wisdom is not godly and it's not biblical. See, the church is built, the church is not built by Madison Avenue marketing strategies. The church is built by the Lord Jesus Christ. He builds His church. He said, Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. When we build a church, a person, and I've heard preachers say that, I built this church. Well, you know what? It's ready for a fall because if Jesus didn't build it, it ain't gonna last. Come on. If earthly wisdom built it, it isn't going to last. Jesus said, I will build my church. It's the Lord that adds to his church. It's he that builds the church by by godly, heavenly, biblical wisdom and guidance and direction. It's built by the Holy Spirit, by the Lord Jesus. But he said that wisdom that's not from above is earthly. And then he said it's sensual. Now that word sensual means natural. It means unspiritual or soulish. It's what Paul referred to when he said the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. Jude said this in Jude 19. He said these are sensual persons who cause divisions not having the Spirit. So sensual means someone that doesn't have the Spirit, who's not been le- being led by the Spirit, who's not operating by the Spirit, but who's operating by the senses or by the flesh or what appears to be good or seems to be good, the pragmatism that's come within the church world and, and especially in the church growth movement that, 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 that they will say, well, you know, the end justifies the means. It doesn't matter what we have to do to get them in. As long as we get them in, whatever we have to do, then the end justifies the means. That's, that's sensual wisdom. That's of the senses. That's of the soul. That's of the mind. That's not of the Holy Spirit. We want, we want to get these, these programs and then have God rubber stamp all of our programs. God's not in the rubber stamping business. God's given us a Bible. He's given us a Holy Ghost. He's given us the wisdom of God. And he's given us a pattern in the book of Acts. And he says, this is the way my church is to be built. And this is the way that my church is supposed to function and operate. We have the pattern. We have the blueprint of the church in the book of Acts and in the epistles, in that New Testament. And that, God hadn't changed that pattern when Moses was in the mountain. And God gave him the pattern for the tabernacle. He said, you make sure you build everything is done according to the pattern that I showed you in the mount. And when he called them guys together, Bezalel and all those dudes, you know, to to make all the furnishings and things for the tabernacle, he stressed that. Make sure it's just like this. We're not deviating from the pattern that God has given. I've really deviated from my message, my, my notes, but... (laughs) amen but that's sensual that's sensual it's a person living by it and and directing their life by their senses and by their emotions but then thirdly he said it's devilish demonic that wisdom that is not from above comes from the devil there's only two uh, sources from above or from the devil and uh, this wisdom that James is talking about that's that's not from above is, is of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Amen. It comes from those three sources. Those are the enemies of the church. That is the enemy of you. The world is not your friend. I'm talking about the world. This world system is controlled by Satan and demon spirits. It lies in a state of wickedness. The world is not your friend, the world system. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, love the Father is not in him. So it's the world, the flesh. We battle the flesh. We have victory over the flesh through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, through heavenly, godly 
wisdom that comes from God. Amen? Worship team, come on back. I'm, I'm closed. Listen. You've heard me say this before. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to mention it again. But this is, I've, I've said this before. And I, I really mean this. I feel this has to be something that is, um, that is a mandate in the church. And that is this. And we base it on James 3.16. You know, we're living in a time when we hear a lot about tolerance. <laughs> Praise God. You know, Brother Rick, you need to be more tolerant of, of things and, and all of this. And that's probably a whole other message right there. But there, listen, there is, there is definitely one thing that I've said, and I hold to this. That there, is a, that there has to be zero tolerance for within the church. And that's envy and strife. And we base that. Why is that? Because of what James said here. Because when a church comes to a place and people in church to a place that they're not operating in godly wisdom, but the wisdom that is earthly, sensual, devilish, for where envy and self-seeking or strife exist... Confusion, and notice this, verse 16, confusion and every evil thing are there. So if strife, contention, um, self-seeking, selfish ambition are allowed to, to, to just continue in the church, if it's tolerated within the church... The Bible says that it's earthly, it's sensual, it's demonic, and where that exists, confusion and every evil work is there. Well, how many would agree with me? We don't want confusion within the body of Christ. We don't want any evil work within the body of Christ. We don't want anything demonic operating in the body of Christ. So that's why that selfish ambition and and, and, and strife and contention and backbiting and gossiping and all of that has to be, as Barney would say, nip it in the bud. Right? Huh? You can tell, you know, y'all know one of my favorite shows there. But it has to be stopped. It cannot be tolerated. There are churches tonight with no peace, churches with no joy, churches and lives and homes with no happiness and no victory and no move of the Holy Spirit that are filled with confusion and filled with trouble, trying to do the work of God and the energy of the flesh. Their earthly, sensual, devilish, devilish and confusion and every evil work is there. And that is why that Abundant Life Family Church will not tolerate envy, strife, backbiting in any shape, form, or fashion. Amen? Anybody that's involved with that will be, will be what are you going to do, kick us out? No, you will be asked to stop. And, and, and please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anybody here is doing that. I know of none of that. I thank God for that. It has tried to creep in before. And those folks are not here anymore. Because there can't, that can't be allowed. We want a move of the Holy Ghost. We want there to be liberty and freedom and peace within the body of Christ and a freedom for the Holy Spirit to move and to be liberty in the Holy Ghost and that wisdom that comes from God. Hallelujah. That's where the blessings are going to flow from. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's stand tonight. Let's stand.